Well, this evening, I want us to take a little time to look at Hebrews chapter 11, and in particular, verse 11 and 12, particularly 11, where it says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Not everyone in the family of the faithful is constantly and increasingly faithful. In actual fact, we are inclined to have highs and lows, to have failures as well as successes. And Sarah was no different. She is one who, married to the father of the faithful, can often be hidden in his shadow. And yet here in Hebrews chapter 11, where the Holy Spirit is guiding us into a knowledge of the heroes of the faith, those who exhibited their faith toward God in a practical and a faithful way, we see Sarah is brought out as one of the examples. Sometimes we can sort of jump so quickly to the bits that speak about Abraham, we miss it. But we shouldn't. Because how many of our congregations would be desperately weaker and poorer were it not for the faith and the faithfulness of godly women who have shown their determination to stand for Christ despite many difficulties, trials, and tribulations. And so I want us to look, as the Lord enables us, at the faith of Sarah which I believe was a faith to flourish. That's what we see here. By faith or through faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Now, first of all, we see Sarah's faith in God's promises. She judged him faithful who had promised. One of the more modern writers who is... Uh, you might say, faithful and worthy of being quoted often, Jerry Bridges, he puts it this way. The promises of God are nothing more than God's covenant to be faithful to his people. It is his character that makes these promises valid. And you see, Sarah understood that. She recognized that she could Trust the promises, unlikely as they seem to the human eye. Unlikely as those who would look at it with an earthly perspective and the sort of general, outward, worldly wisdom. She judged him faithful who had promised. And she said, since the promises of God, then I can trust it. Of course, she hadn't thought that right away. She hadn't realized who was making the promise. But she learned. 
And she changed. And by God's grace, she was blessed. First of all, then, we see the problems that Sarah faced. With regards to her situation, she had a, a problem for the future. And the problem for the future was this. That what if her husband, who of course was older than her quite a bit, what happens if he should predecease her? She would be left in a most difficult position. She'd already had difficulties with regards to the arrogance of her handmaid Hagar when Hagar had been able to conceive seed. Her plan, bad plan, unhelpful plan, plan that would bring grief and sorrow to the children of God for multitudes of years to come, all of that, yes. But what happens if Abraham goes first and she's left in that situation? Her future did not look good. And so she realized that she was in a very precarious situation. I think some of the ladies here probably understand that she could look and see that. Here, nowadays, generally speaking, the men are more careful in making sure there is such a uh, careful and legally binding uh, assurance that there is something for their wives that hopefully they'll be fine whether they're there or not, as much as lies in them. But Abraham would have to require that both his eldest uh, servant and the son of Hagar Ishmael, depending on when it happened, they would treat her well. And Sarah must have looked at that with a sense of dread, especially after the way she had treated Hagar and Ishmael. You see, her future didn't look good should she be left and her husband go on before her. Along with that, she had the difficulty with regards to her longing for a family, the joy of a child and the hopes that are bound up in the birth of a child are those things that are often things that are felt but not told. You know, there are some things that are on the hearts of folks and they would not tell them to others. So deep do they run. And so heavy do they lie upon the heart that they would not be shared with others lest others do not understand the weight and the importance and the dearness of those thoughts. And here she is without a child. She had hoped that in all the wanderings, in all the difficulties, in all the upheaval, and they had gone from place to place. She had spent a lifetime of following this man she loved and respected and trusted, and they had gone from place to place, and every time she hoped she'd be able to set down roots and enjoy the blessings that God could give, they were moving again. 
And she saw Hagar get a child. And then amongst the servants, there must have been children aplenty because you remember when Abraham delivers Lot, there are those uh, one servants born in his household who are able to take up the sword and with him be led into battle and deliver Lot. Lots of children around her, but none of them were hers. Do you remember in the New Testament, we read of Zacharias and Elizabeth. We're never told before the prophecy comes of the birth of John the Baptist, of the prayers. But we are told of the answering of those prayers, whether they were vocalized or whether they were simply those longings of the heart, those groanings that only the Spirit of God can utter, whatever it is, the Lord heard and answered. There are some sorrows that weigh on the hearts of those who cannot share them, but oh, they bear them long and lonely, day by day before God. And that was the situation for Sarah. And Sarah, in this situation where both her future and her family that she must have hoped for and prayed for seemed to be a way away, impossible now, a dream, almost a fantasy. But there was another problem, and perhaps the biggest of all, of the difficulty with regards to Her future was hard, and we know the practicalities of life, it can be. The difficulties with regards to the hope of a family of her own and the bitterness of feeling that now that had gone beyond her and was not to be hers, and that would have been severe. There was her faith. You see, she knew the promise that was made by God. When he said, and what is often referred to by theologians as the Proto-Evangelium, the first telling of the gospel, when to the serpent himself, the Lord said, that there would come a seed of the woman that would crush the serpent's head and the serpent would bruise his heel. And she knew that through the line of the faithful, that promise was to be fulfilled. There must have been a sense within her, how can this be? Her attempts had clearly failed in trying to generate a righteous seed in the way that she had seen other nations do it. But now she feels it's beyond her. She's past that age and stage of life. The promise that God would raise up a savior was there before her, but she could not see how it would now be done through that covenant line. But there was a promise she believed because she judged him faithful who had promised. As is said in chapter 18 of Genesis and verse 14, is there anything too hard? For the Lord. 
And the Lord promised at the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. Not just Abraham shall have offspring, but he'll have it to Sarah. Sarah shall have a son. And she heard that. No longer hiding in the tent. No longer uh, filled with trepidation and unbelief and fearfulness. But now she's hearing, realizing it's on the basis of the faithfulness of God. Is anything too hard for the Lord? You say, well, I believe the Lord has saved lots of folks in my family. I believe he's saved friends. I believe he's saved folks that I know. And oh, what a wonderful thing it is for them. They're going to heaven. But I'm not saved. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you trust in Christ, there is one who is able to do abundantly more than you might even ask or think. Oh, he's a gracious Savior. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. You see, she realized that God could do everything that was required. Could stop the... Difficulty with regards to any uh, change of ownership so that there would be a continuation with regards to all the blessings that Abraham had enjoyed would go on to a child given to her and Abraham. That there would be the supply of the child of promise. He shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Genesis chapter 15 and verse number 4. And along with that, that the Lord would, through that child and through the seed that would come, bless many. For the Lord said, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And the Lord had said already to Abraham as he brought him forth, he said, look now toward the heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. And Sarah now knew for certain that that prophecy would be fulfilled, not in a child of Hagar, not in some other child that might come along after she was gone. For Abraham had children after she was gone. But it would be a child of Sarah, for Sarah shall have a child and she shall bring forth that promised one. She embraced the promise of God. Sarah, we are told, received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Did you notice I changed the verse there a little? It actually says, Sarah herself, outie. Sarah, her, the one that had laughed. Sarah, yes, that one, herself. She believed God. The very one that had laughed 
behind the tent door, believed God and counted him faithful. Oh, you may have laughed foolishly at the thought of the promises of God being for you in the past, but my friend, there is mercy and grace in Christ. And she saw something of the grace and the goodness of God. And she saw the blessing that was to be bestowed. And she embraced the promises in Christ. They exceeded all expectations. The sand which is by the seashore innumerable as the stars in the heaven that twinkle above. Oh, what a promise of blessing to come. Not just the one child that she would hold in her arms, but of those that would come afterwards and be the inheritors of the same gracious heavenly promise. And all of this was elicited through faith. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. That's why we read in chapter 10 of Romans, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. And she heard the word of God that day and she believed it. My friend, when you hear the word of God, there's a power in that. Not because of any eloquence of the preacher. Not because of any faithfulness of the place or the congregation where you hear it. But there's power in the word of God because it's God that promises. And just like Sarah, you should judge him faithful that promises that he will do it. That's exactly what Sarah did. That faith that she laid hold on the promise of when she heard it from God. Sarah's example of godly patience, not only hearing the promise and believing it, but also waiting for its arrival. John Calvin, the great theologian, said, there is no place for faith if we expect God to fulfill immediately what he promises. If he says, I'll give you this, and then instantly you get it, where's the need for faith? If he just does it, and he could, there's no need for faith. You just see it, it appears, and you don't have to believe anymore. You see, the, the time between the promise and the fulfillment is a place where faith comes. And that faith is a blessing. And a privilege from God. And so here we see that she believed and waited upon the time of God's choosing. Took a little while for all the promise to be fulfilled. Really, if you look back, you'll see that in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 4, there we're told with regards to Abraham, he departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Then in Genesis 16, verses 1 and 2, we're told that there was the birth of uh, Ishmael and all that came from that and all that was involved in that situation. 
We're told in Genesis 17 that Ishmael was 13 years old with regards to certain things that went on. So when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham in Genesis 17 and said to him, I am the, God, uh, the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. We know that time had been passing. And it would still take time from that promise that was given directly to Sarah because it would be according to the time of life that the things would occur. This morning we looked at the provision of the wine at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. And Jesus told them to fill the pots with water and they filled them right up to the brim. They did exactly what they were told. And then he said, draw and take to the governor of the feast and they did exactly what they were told. And instantly, at some point, whether it was when they filled to the top of the brim, whether it was when they drew out or whether it was when he drank, we don't know. But at some time in that almost instantaneous point, there was the turning of the water into wine. Very little time passed between the one and the other. But here there would be the best part of a year until all these things had been completed. You don't just need to talk to the ladies, you can talk to the men as well. There can be times with regards to what goes on in the birth of a child. When excitement can rise up, the expectation that one is to be born, and then the hopes can be dashed. The husband and wife can be downcast because all the hopes, all the dreams that they had there seem to have been taken from them. And until that little one arrived, there would have been a sense of faithful trepidation. They knew the promise of God, and we're told that Sarah believed it. Therefore, we trust that she was holding on firmly. But she knew all the difficulties of childbirth, particularly in those ages. And she waited on the time that passed for the Lord to provide his answer. And the temptations which had come were now overcome. The temptation to try worldly methods. You know, worldly methods always promise triumph and bring trouble. The idea she had had with regards to Hagar. This will sort out all the difficulties. Actually, what it did was give her a whole new list of difficulties she hadn't had before. It's always better to wait on God. When we try to second guess him, when we try to give him advice or help, we always make a mess of it. That's true for every one of us. She'd learned the hard way that it was better to avoid worldly methods. She realized the difficulties that can come from worldly persons, even within the midst of their own camp. For Ishmael was many things. 
He was a, a strong young lad. He would have been a fit and able young lad, but he had a foul sense of humor that took issue with the young one that God would bring forth. And worldly folks always do that. They find the godly and they are quick to criticize. And they will find a thousand reasons to mock and to scorn and to ridicule the new life in Christ. If you're here and you've come to faith in Christ, maybe just recently, and you're getting grief from someone who doesn't know the Lord. Don't let it stop you. Don't let it turn your heart. But rather show to them something of the love of God in Christ. and Give them reason to see the power of grace in your life. In the way that you respond. Just reading at the moment uh, a book called The Children of the Storm is given to me by Elsie there in the congregation. She'd found it and she'd been reading it. And it's actually about folks in Ukraine who came to faith when the Iron Curtain was still down. And one of the things it talks about is the way in which the young folks who were attending the Christian camps and so on, and they, they would get really angry with the guards and the policemen who would come to break up the church camps, because they loved the church camps and they loved being with other uh, believers and those who believed the same things as them. And so they felt indignant. And the church leaders took them aside at one point and they said to them, be careful how you speak to them. Because they wanted them to be a good example of a Christian in the midst of persecution. They didn't want them to strike back even with their tongue. They wanted them to show love and kindness and concern even for their persecutors. And sometimes when we see the worldly be grievous to us, there's the temptation to strike back with a, a witty quip or something that will put them in their place. And it would be so much better if we would just show to them the love of God in Christ and deal as he did, who when he was reviled, he reviled not again. She was tested with her own doubts with the doubts of her husband. She doubted herself that she would be able to bear a child. She doubted her husband that he would be able to father a child. But she didn't doubt the Lord. When the question came, rhetorical question, the answer's obvious. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? She knew the answer. No, there's not. God can do anything that is in line with his holy nature. Anything he plans and purposes to do will always be such, and therefore if he wants to do it, it will always be holy and just and righteous and true, and so if God wants to do it, it'll be done. 
My friend, if the Lord wants to save you, don't think he can't save you. You are not too big a task. The Lord is gracious. Place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the one who is able to save sinners and has saved multitudes before you. And you will find him a faithful savior. And Sarah enjoyed God's provision. It was truly fulfilled, we're told in Galatians 4 and 23. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman by promise. And the promise of God was fulfilled and she brought forth a son. And oh, what joy and laughter it brought to her house, to her uh, heart, to her husband and to her household. What a blessing. Faith brings joy abundant to those who trust in Christ. The promise was fulfilled and she was fruitful. We're told it is written, Rejoice thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry thou that travailest not. For the desolate have many more children than she which hath an husband. She had a husband. But up until that point she'd been barren and desolate. And now the Lord had provided for her. And through that one would come a multitude that we cannot number. Because of the goodness and the grace of Almighty God. And she was truly joyful. Galatians 4 and 28 and 29. Now we brethren as Isaac was are children of the promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. It brought joy to the faithful. And there's joy in heaven over every sinner that repents. There's joy in the midst of God's people over everyone who acknowledges Christ. There's joy in the heart that believes on the Savior that cannot be extinguished by this world because the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. And there is joy for you if you trust in Christ. For his promise is that he will receive those who come to him. That none that come to him will he in any wise cast out. Therefore, come and trust in him. For in Jesus Christ, there is acceptance. There is forgiveness. There is provision. And we will find ourselves together in the number of those Fulfill that promise to faithful Abraham and through him to faithful Sarah also. That there would be those, not just children of the flesh, but of the promise. 
who will be together for all eternity in heaven. May the Lord number amongst that great gathering all who have gathered here tonight, you young ones, may you be found amongst those that are like the stars of the heaven. Those of us who are a bit older and grayer, may we rejoice with them in that great congregation which will ever sing the praises of our Redeemer, time without end. May the Lord bless these thoughts to us. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, we ask that in our hearts and minds we would have that faith which trusts in Jesus Christ, which trusts in thee, the living God, the one who is faithful to every promise. And every gospel promise, Christ is the yea and amen to it. And therefore we may lay hold upon thy promises as faithful Sarah did, knowing that faithful art thou who promised. Therefore thou wilt do it. Be with us, O Lord, as we go from this place. And take us in faith and joy. Make us to be a people who shine before others. Not with anything that comes from earth. But with the joy of sins forgiven. With the joy of faith in Jesus Christ. With the joy of knowing one day we shall be forever with the Lord. For it is in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.